What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, you should know them by now, Richard Anderson, uh, William T. Jones. I'm just going to start naming some random things here. Now you should know everybody that's going to be on here. I've got Robert D. Felice. At some point in this podcast, we're going to break the first and second rule of Raw Underground. I thought you were going to say we're going to break the fourth wall. <laughs> like, we're already talking to other people. <laughs> that too. And we're going to go with uh, Steve Wago. Yep. And Callum Wiggins. Hi, Colcabana. How you doing? What's uh, what's the Colcabana thing? It's over my head. Breaking the fourth. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Team Punk is breaking the fourth wall. That's. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm still tired. <laughs> so anyway, uh what we're doing today is we're doing an edition of Going Over, which is essentially just a discussion. There's no gimmick. There's no theme. There's no list or anything that we need to follow. Just going to be talking. Kind of a regular podcast. We don't do these all that often, but we did one uh, a few weeks ago or so, uh, whenever the Becky Lynch pregnancy happened and Sammy Jane, Sammy Zane, Sammy Jane, God, I am tired. Sammy Zane dropped the Intercontinental Championship. That's the last one that we had done. So we're going to kind of do that again. And not only do we want to know what each other have to say about this topic, we want to know what you have to say. So by all means, you should keep the discussion going by dropping a comment below on whatever platform you're listening to us that has the ability to drop a comment. So uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, all that other kind of stuff doesn't. But if you are on the page on YouTube, then while you're there and you're leaving your comment, hit that like button on the video because that helps out quite a bit. Obviously, you should subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already and ring that little notification bell because that will give you an alert for any time that we post new videos or we go live or there's any other kind of things that go along with that whole email notification system. So let's just uh, kind of set the tone here. What we're talking about today is Raw Underground. It's something that happened on Monday night. It's something that we don't know all that much about, but that's kind of part of the speculation here. We're going to talk about comparisons to Brawl for All, what we think about the concept in general, where we see this going in the future, who can get a push out of it all the other kind of things that go along with this. We're just going to kind of take something that would have normally been a part of the hot tags and we're going to expand on it because there's still quite a bit of other things to talk about on the hot tags and why overload that one and then have some kind of completely random thing this week, like a, I don't know, like a healer face or something like that when we can kind of expand on our discussions a little bit. So I guess the first thing to ask is first impressions. What'd you guys think? Who wants to start? One, two, three, big piece of shit. So, so I hated the porno music that they constantly played in the background. It was totally took me out of the moment. Um, I hated the jump cuts during all the action. It's As far as first impressions go, I definitely think there's legs for the idea. But what should have been a dark, gritty, more underground feel ended up being kind of goofy. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably in a pretty similar boat. It's it's not the worst idea they've ever had, but it's just the jump cuts, the the awful music that's been played, the fact that it's been hosted by Shane McMahon and everything about surrounding that. I just feel it's if it was any other promotion, and I don't want to like go with any other promotion, but if it was another promotion that was trying to do a little bit more of a, a gritty underground fight club feel. 
I'd have a bit more faith in it. But I think WWE is going to overproduce it. It's going to get tired after three weeks and it will eventually go away after three months. While I agree with everything those men just said, I still really enjoyed this. Listen, I've watched far too many of these performance center shows. This was at least fun. It felt like something was happening that was different and fresh. And the whole time throughout the day when they announced that Shane would be on the show and all the different things they announced for Raw, which we will break down on the hot tags, you at least felt like Raw was going to be worth watching. And anything that gets Father Tune Day on TV is a thumbs up. So <laughs> I'm all for Raw Underground. We're definitely going to talk about him. Uh, I'm kind of splitting the difference a little bit. I'm not super impressed, but I like that they're trying something different. It's not something that I feel is going to be some catch-all solution to their problems, turn the ratings around, get all uh, you know, all the people who hasn't haven't been watching wrestling for a long time to watch it, but I do think if they don't try something, they're never going to come across the solution. So it's worth a shot to try. It's probably going to fail probably very quickly, but maybe it doesn't, you know, I thought that plenty of other things would have gone down a lot sooner. I thought that a lot of wrestlers would have been crap and they ended up being great. I thought a lot of bad ideas were going to prove themselves bad immediately. And then they ended up proving me wrong. So I, I can't really say that it's like a guaranteed failure it's not something that's like so abundantly clear that it's bad but it is kind of it's a little bit weird um maybe i'll start with this kind of top well not really start we already started but uh maybe i'll go with this as one of the first things to talk about what do you think about the name because i like the name but i see a problem with it in the future if they do have this catch on and they kind of want to expand it it's already got the raw name in it. You sort of can't do SmackDown Underground and Raw Underground and NXT Underground or whatever. So they Why would not? have to change it to WWE Underground, right? Yeah, but that's a very easy fix. And I think, remember, they tried this in a similar way last year when they were like, oh, we're going to turn the lights down for the third hour and we're going to make it gritty and that's when they introduced the 24-7 title to give the third hour a different vibe. I, If it turns into WWE Underground, I think that's great. If it only goes for about two months, which I think is more than likely what's going to happen, as long as it gets some people over and it presents a different style, I'm okay with it. The, the Raw Underground... Go on. I'd say the Raw Underground name reminds me a little bit too much of Lucha Underground which did have this kind of gritty, uh, very like hidden away wrestling promotion feel to it. And I feel like they're trying, obviously they're going with more of an MMA style with the actual presentation of it, but I feel like it's taking a few elements from that promotion in terms of its actual overall presentation. But it's going to be a WWE version of it, which won't be as, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be cleaner and that's going to make it worse. Yeah, but they're fortunate that only three people ever watch Lucha Underground, so they don't really have to worry about people drawing comparisons, I don't think. As far as the name goes, it's fine. They come up with so much hokey crap, I'm just thankful that it isn't terrible. 
Well, the underground name isn't the part that I find problematic with it because there are lots of like, I mean, underground. If you just say the word underground, it doesn't immediately make you think some kind of a fight club type thing. But there has been some other things that are associated with that term where you can kind of understand that. It's not like it's called something completely different where it would just be called like WWE. Uh, uh, I don't know, like a uh, happy time hour or something like that, where you'd be like, what the hell is this? You know, like the underground name, it is supposed to be dark and gritty and grungy and whatever like that. And yeah, if they could have been worse, they could have called it WWE grunge fighters or something stupid or tried to get into the early 2000s thing where it's like extreme something where it starts with the letter X instead of EX or battle smash blood pro club fighter something like some kind of crap like that where they're trying too hard to sound cool they could have named it something really lame like wwe fight with a y there's a lot of worse options that they have out there the only thing i think is they actually had options from old ips they could have used too because they own the ip for uh raw Warzone, right so they could have gone with that that would have been cool you know what that i would have maybe liked that better Bring no, it, if you call it Warzone, it's too people have too many memories of like the Attitude Era stuff. You needed to call it something new. Do you think that that would be something people would bitch and complain about these days? Yeah. Warzone, oh my it, god, it's making me upset. It's reminding me of that. It's like no people should complain oh, well, about Underground and be like, WWE's Pro Bowl. They go to Saudi all the time. If you want to take it from an old IP, you could have called it Breaking Point. Yeah, you but know yeah, what? I love, <laughs> I love that name, Breaking Point. It's a shame that they don't use it more. It's only been used uh, that one pay-per-view and then for a game system mechanic, right? Right. It's like they're wasting that. I mean, that would have been a great name. A lot of other names that they have the option for, they shouldn't have. I mean, you can't call it uh, Great Balls of Fire, but like... um. Yeah, if they would have gone with WWE Breaking Point, that would have been cool. If uh, they would have gone with the Warzone thing, like Raw is War, like they've done that before. So the Warzone, like that would have been pretty cool. And then Warzone itself doesn't have the Raw specific connotation to it where you you can't really expand it other than that. Because I think it would be kind of lame if they did decide to do NXT Underground, SmackDown Underground. And then at that point, you're using three names so you're trying to trademark or something it, at that point just call it wwe underground i don't think it will evolve or spread into the other two shows just due to the fact that they're both two hour shows i think the reason why they decided to go with the raw underground is in large part due to the fact they want to try something new to try and fill that third hour mm-hmm. of content that they have to produce and so it makes sense for if one show is going to have it it's going to be raw well, that brings up another thing is filling that hour means using this type of content. And one of the things that I think is majorly problematic with this, and they, they have to fix it going forward, they can't have what they did this week, which was let's show Shane McMahon backstage saying at 10 o'clock, we're going to show you this thing that you're already seeing in the background. And then around 10 o'clock, they just start intercutting little bits here and there where they're like, and this fight's been happening backstage. And then this thing is whatever. We're going to check back on that later. 
they can't just keep doing that and make that sustainable because if you like the concept, you're not going to watch the entire episode hoping for little interstitial bumpers. That was a big problem for me. Like I was expecting way more from it. The whole thing needs a presentation overhaul, but you're definitely right. That's like one of the main things that they need to address. Because I mean, if you are a big fan of it, are you going to sit through all the other segments you don't want to watch just in the hopes that maybe they'll cut away to something like that? No, we're in an era where people watch things on YouTube just to get the clips of the things as opposed to watching the actual full episode or they DVR everything and then they'll just skip through and go, okay, well, I'll check that out afterward. And, oh, who's winning this fight? Okay, it's whatever. Fast forward, move to the next thing. Yet at the same time, if you're the type of person who doesn't like it and they keep intercutting this for a three-hour show or the last hour or whatever it is, then you're going to treat that as a bathroom break. And if WWE does what they normally do where they have like, here's a recap of what happened last week and then now this person's going to come out and cut a promo and then that promo is going to include a video clip of something that they've done where they say, well, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out this clip and whatever. And then they talk more and then you cut to a commercial and then you come back from the commercial and it's a backstage segment and then they run a little recap and then somebody comes out and they introduce that KFC's got this new whatever if you throw all that stuff in a row, which they've had a tendency a lot recently of having like a full solid 10, 15 minutes of like, can you move on to something? And then you don't like this raw underground thing. And then they they cut away to one of those things, thinking that you're giving them some actual content. People are going to go, well, there's a whole 20 something minutes that I don't have to watch. I mean, I, 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 I kind of, I kind of agree with you in a sense, but I also go with the idea that, that that's just how people consume content nowadays. You can't re you can't really fight against it. Like people are just gonna just cycle through shows, regardless of what they put on, like the third hour or anything like that. It's like I know it's the idea of like interspersing the raw underground thing. Doesn't I? I don't know whether I would prefer it to be like in one like half an hour chunk at ten o'clock. Like at ten o'clock to ten thirty, it's raw underground. Then you get the main event at the end of the show. I just don't feel like I just, but I just feel like people will just skip skim through the bits they want to see anyway that's just how people consume wwe and most content nowadays it's just you pick out the clips and you skip through the stuff you don't want to see well if they can establish like the full third hour will be this raw underground and it's a different feel then you can get people in the mindset of okay if i tune in at 10 o'clock for this raw underground thing i like you know i can just watch that and then you can see okay, what are people tuning in for? What are people tuning out for? Because you'll have that specific divide. If you keep doing the random interspersed fights, you can't tell, okay, but are people liking this Raw Underground or are people just sticking around to see whatever the main event of the show is going to be? I just, I just feel like when you do that, though, I mean, it could end up like as a bit more of a positive influence with just you finding out, but then maybe it will just get to the point where Okay, so Raw Underground is probably more popular. So the entire three hours is now Raw Underground. We don't. That's literally how we got the Attitude Era, though. It was okay. We'll do one hour of Warzone where you know we'll do some more risque stuff, and then okay, so we'll just turn it into Raw is War because everybody's liking this risque stuff. I can't see them going full on. The last hour is like that for more than maybe like a, a special just to see what happens or something, but. 
if it's popular enough, I assume that they just do another spin-off show and just have like well, we're going to do the Raw Underground stuff at 11 after Raw or something like that. And you're going to find that on the free version of the WWE Network or, you know, like one of those kind of things. But if they were to try that, though, and if it were to get like, because the difference with that is if you set aside the time and you sell like you tell people, hey, at 10 o'clock from 10 o'clock onward, this is going to be this Raw Underground thing. And a lot of people tune in. There's like a bump. Then you know that people don't want to watch Raw. They want to watch that. But if there's a massive switch over and everybody stops watching at 10 o'clock, you know that people don't give a shit about it. And then you drop the concept entirely. I think it's it's all going to be about, like, this start, as whether you kind of loved it or hate it, it's, it's hard to tell just off the base of the... The, the one for the first instance of it because like the best part of the entire raw underground experience for me was the ending with the hurt business taking over it and i think this could be a really good vehicle to get at least bobby lashley but probably all three of them even more over because the hurt business name is good and based on like both uh, bobby lashley's mma background and i know the mvp and shell benjamin have both like amateur and other fighting backgrounds then they could actually use this even if it, it doesn't last too long this could be the thing that establishes them even further than they have been before but we won't really know about how well it's i mean they the one good sign is that their ratings went up this week when they're expecting to get like a record low because now all the the major sports are back it's likely that their ratings will plummet even lower than they have been recently so I guess that's one good sign for them, but we won't really know about how long it's clicked or whether it's just oh the novelty of this happening for a couple of weeks. The same way that the um, oh, what was it called the um, the shake up not shake up the uh, where they were switching between brands for no reason. Wild card rule. Wild yeah, the wild card yeah. rule. That's it. Yeah, because that kind of gave them a bump for two to three weeks, and then it just completely fell off because you can only really get away with doing novelty stuff once or twice and then whenever you start putting just new things forward every single week people are eventually going to get tired of it well they threw so much shit at the wall on monday but raw underground seems like the one thing that might be like different from the rest of it yeah you know you got this new faction but that'll be a part of like regular raw but still, this Raw Underground thing is going to be its own thing. And I I see no way that this doesn't end with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. But it's a great way to build Bobby Lashley back up after wasted six months with the Lana bullshit and the, you know, all that. This is going to make Bobby Lashley look like a killer. So at the very least, it's good for that. Well, I think it's important with the ratings to... Remember, they didn't advertise this. They advertised something. And if you've got that mystery, people tune in to find out what the mystery is. So, you know, there was a lot of speculation going in that he was going to lead up the stable. There was going to be, you know, all sorts of different types of things. Not a whole lot of time before Raw started that it came out that it was going to be some kind of a Fight Club thing. So you can't really at the same time, if you're WWE, look at this and go... We got a ratings bump, which means people like this. It's more so we got a ratings bump because we promised that something was going to happen. And people want that, like, 
what's that mystery type of thing. And next week, if the ratings are atrocious, then you know that the Raw Underground thing didn't land because people aren't going to go and rewatch that again. But if it ends up being that they advertise like, you know, major upgrade to the Raw Underground, we're going to start getting into this a whole lot, and they make that like the big focal point, and it ends up doing really well, then they know that the the thing really landed and the people actually do like the concept, at least at first. I think that that's something that they can't lose track of. Last thing that they need to first... do is like pat themselves on the back that this is like, well, we figured it out and that's going to be all the ratings problems, you know? I think for the first few weeks, they need to continue advertising like, hey, big, big segment coming tonight because that really got people pulled to tune in. And then when they find the rhythm with this, underground thing or whatever it is even if it's the new faction then you can start to lay off of that a bit but right now i think they should stick to announcing that hey this is going to be you know something different like tune into this because it really did work this week and a lot of people were very excited to see okay what is everything happening on raw now wago you are a big MMA fan and I'm unfamiliar with a lot of uh, just even like the specifics and the generalizations of MMA and all that. As somebody who is an MMA fan, they obviously want to bring some of that audience over. And if you were to be looking at this, do you have the kind of philosophy to it that I would think that a lot of people would have where if you wanted to watch MMA, you'd watch MMA. You don't want to watch WWE, we pretend to be MMA. Yeah, pretty much. There's a right way to do pro MMA and pro wrestling, and it was called Samoa Joe vs. Kurt Angle at lockdown. Uh, this, I, there's nothing worse than bad MMA, and then there's nothing worse than people trying to do pretend to do MMA and making it look bad. Uh, they've got this weird. This, you can, if they want to do this right, they're going to have to be really selective in the talent that they pick. Because if you're going to bring in MMA-esque moves, you want the shit to look right. You want it to... like, For instance, I saw Dolph Ziggler fucking in the background. No one wants Dolph, Dolph Ziggler in this type of environment. You get the guys like a Matt Riddle. You get guys like Bobby Lashley. That was a great pick on their part. You need guys that are going to present the style in somewhat of an authentic way because it looks like hokey bullshit right now. Well, Ziggler does have the Kent State background. It's not like he's you know, completely just being yeah, thrown in there. Yeah, but never given me the impression that he can hurt another human being. He's kind of like John Morrison in that way. There's just guys that don't present themselves as a tough guy, and it's not going to come through. You either have it or you don't, and he doesn't. Well, Ziggler, ah. with the whole amateur wrestling thing, if they would have showcased more of an amateur wrestling side, for him, he was just wailing on someone. Yeah, he should have been more in the grappling aspect of things, and... Like I said, it's the first week. I hope they stick with it and they don't just throw it in the trash in two weeks because you can really get something good out of this. And if nothing else, it's like going to at least introduce, you know, I guess they're calling him Dabakato now, but, you know, Babatunde, and he can be a great monster heel for Drew or anybody really on the Raw brand. And they do need new stars. And maybe maybe the bulk of this is just to get Shane McMahon manages Papa Tunde. I don't know. 
Well, I guess let's talk about that. Uh, Babatunde, we know him a little bit from some things in NXT. He was a part of uh, the, was it the greatest? Uh, the greatest, greatest Royal Rumble, Rumble yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, he was a part of that. He did that Evolve show. He's big. A lot of people aren't. He's now Dabakato. The name itself, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on it yet. But it's not the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, I don't know. I couldn't remember his previous name. I just used to call him Bobo Rotunda. <laughs> just like <laughs> that's close enough. <laughs> now, for some reason, since we mentioned uh, Colt Cabana earlier, and that uh, the whole boom boom Colt Cabana, <laughs> I'm thinking just like Bobo Bo Rotunda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time remembering his new name, but I guess it's better than the last one. I don't know if that's supposed to be any kind of like, if there's a meaning behind it, or if there's like a, you know, maybe that's uh, some family member's stuff or whatever. I, I don't know. Dabakato doesn't ring any bells for me. But um, uh, Callum, like, do you think anything higher or lower about Babatunde? Is this going to be the thing that makes him break out, or is this something that's just... He's just doing it, and that's the end of it. Hard to really say certain. I mean, I I think it's it's definitely like it's a start, which is a good thing. But can I can I really say that this is going to be like the big standout point for him? Because I don't really know what his like his quote unquote credentials are to be a fighter. Because it's a good start for one off like two minute brawl. But can he kind of sustain it going forward? Can this be kind of a gimmick that he can carry forward beyond Raw Underground when they actually either go beyond this or when he actually has to get into the ring and put some stuff together? I don't I haven't really seen enough of him either from like the Evolve work or anything beyond that that's really tells me whether he's going to be successful in this gimmick or not. I think if you were to partner him up with someone like a Samoa Joe as a mouthpiece, maybe maybe that could be something that works down the line. Right now, it's just he seems a bit too raw for me to really get a steer on one way or the other. And at the point, it's raw underground. That's right. You, you bring up Samoa Joe. That's a guy they need to get in raw underground. Steady's fucking feuding with Seth Rollins. Joe would be great for this. I'm going to just throw this out there right now. A lot of rumor about a potential draft upcoming. Put Baron Corbin on raw. Put him in raw underground and let him beat the shit out of people, please. Get rid of the king gimmick. Let Baron Corbin just beat the crap out of people. Uh, yeah, See, that'll put butts in suits. You know what? I as much as I support a Baron Corbin push in a lot of ways, I feel like he does better with that sort of like persona than to just be another guy that fights people. Because I'm worried that one of the problems that's going to happen with this has already kind of peaked. Where we we mentioned it a little bit earlier about the idea that Dolph Ziggler was just punching people. Eric from the Viking Raiders was just punching people, and Dabakito was just taking people down and punching them, and that's basically all they were doing. And I, after a couple of those segments, I was like, "All right, is everything just going to be you tackle the guy, you punch him until the referee says, all right, all right, that's enough, that's enough.' After about thirty seconds." That's the case. I don't need to bother watching it. And if everybody is just another guy in street clothes doing that, they all seem the same. 
Should they stick with just MMA or should they go with the more hardcore route? They're saying this is Raw Underground. Can I just go grab a fucking whatever's lying around and smash someone with it? There's no rules, right? They said there's no rules. They don't have to stick with an MMA feel. This is can be a more gritty... Because, like, the one thing that they need to really work on is violence. It doesn't feel violent enough. No, I was already just um, going back and watching a few bits and pieces from it, and yeah, I like like I said, I liked the part where the hurt business takes over, but the actual stuff they were doing just didn't look like it was landing at all. It looked like phony wrestling bullshit, which is mm-hmm. what it's a phony bullshit wrestling company, so of course they're gonna do stuff like that. But you, you have to make it I mean, this is something where actually cinematic stuff might actually be to the benefit of the company because you can well, if you're a decent enough film company, which WWE somehow proclaims itself to be, you can put together some really good-looking fight scenes and make them look like people beating the shit out of each other. The presentation they have at the moment, it just looks... Well, it's it's okay in a ring where there's a crowd and you, you expect the pageantry and you don't want people to hurt each other. But when you're actually trying to... Like, they're trying to present a really gritty, realistic fighting experience, it just doesn't land well enough at all. Well, they can't do blood. They can't use certain weapons like we're never going to get chair shots to the head anymore so if they start doing the whole like we need to do this more violent they're just going to do kendo sticks which is ridiculous and nobody cares about that anymore which that'll make that seem less impactful when it happens on the regular wrestling and they've got this issue with this cinematic matches and they've already applied it to this too even though this isn't a cinematic thing yet where they add this background music track and it's so terrible like i just want silence and people roaring and making the atmosphere themselves in a nice echoey building make it feel gritty make it feel like fight club yeah because you don't need this like background track of this kind of nonsense and if they do it more cinematic the way that they've done the other things they've only gotten worse with that they've added like sound effects basically they're going to start doing that with this it's going to come off even hokier but they need to they need to get that feeling that atmosphere going for sure and one of the things about the atmosphere that they need to establish is some actual rules because if it's no rules it needs to be no rules it can't be oh my god it's no rules except for when we decide that we don't want this or whatever like that you need rules for people to break in order for them to seem kind of you know out there and cool And you need rules just for people to kind of establish what the hell they're watching. Because if you turn this on out of nowhere and it's got this background track playing and it seems like it's fake fighting and they act like it's like, oh man, like, you know, all these people are doing this crazy stuff and it's no rules, yet the referee is stopping the fight sometimes when somebody gets like taken down and they're just not defending themselves Yet in other situations, somebody can throw them outside of the ring, pick them back up and do whatever. There's nothing to kind of go, oh, wow, they they did that instead of that or, you know, whatever. And then if everybody blends in together and they all seem like the same fighter, too, then it's you might as well watch clips of uh, fights on Worldstar. But then even that, it's got, you know, different variety to it and no actual rules and stuff, you know, like that's there's more value to that. 
if they actually cut the third hour and give it to Roar Underground, they don't actually have to worry about all the bullshit roles they've set for themselves. They can just advertise that hour of Raw being for a hype for the 18 to 35 demographic. I don't know what TV rating you guys use for it, but have it actually just, you no, know, you can like make it basically a separate part of the show where to the point where you can have blood. You can have more violent shots. Treat it more like a movie. You've got the cinematics to uh, get away with making a lot of violent stuff, doing a lot of violent stuff without actually doing it. They've got a lot of things that can benefit them, but I think they really need to dedicate that hour to just being for an older demographic. And that way, when they can set the, they can really make uh, something out of not having rules. I, I agree with that 100%. Like you have shows like, Game of Thrones and, you know, even on channels like FX, you've got, you know, Sons of Anarchy and stuff like that. Like, there's blood on these channels in the middle of the week. You can do whatever you want. You just have to make it known that, hey, we're going to try this so that we can branch out and increase our ratings and in turn increase the profit we can provide our shareholders. Like, just go balls to the wall with it. I like the idea of this retribution faction, whatever they're going to be. What if they just invade Raw Underground and they look like smaller guys? What if they just pick up a pipe somewhere that's laying on the floor and bash Bobby Lashley over the head? Like, it would be fun to watch, at least. You know, it would be something different. You have a lot of room with this. The only way this goes down, you know, with a whimper is if they just say, oh, well, we tried it, let's just throw it away. They are in total control of this. Well, they're not in total control because USA has to sign off on it. Yeah, and so do the sponsors. And they are a PG company still. And I know that everyone says, oh, you should experiment with this. And they they do have certain reign over this stuff, but will they actually risk losing sponsorships over I, like in order to entertain a new customer base? Because at the end of the day, they've shown time and again, they don't care about customers. They care about money from sponsors. Right. They're but a PG I think... company, but they're a PG company that still produces content that is for a mature audience. They have stuff on the network that's definitely not aimed at kids and they still have advertisers. Um, just no way. They can definitely do it. As long as USA signs off in it, I don't think it's going to be an issue for sponsors. And how many times have we heard you know, well, USA was giving us a hard time and we turned their thing against them and then they loved it. Just take a fucking chance. If they really don't like it, then you can backtrack later, but take a chance. No, I think no, the I... only way they can really accomplish that is if they start marketing it as from 10 o'clock onward, Raw Underground starts. Maybe if they don't like do a full hour of that, because maybe they don't cut that short or whatever like that, do the other show stuff. But if they say the raw underground stuff begins at 10, in the similar way that they did that whole, it was like what, two weeks of them trying to act like the third hour of raw was something dark and gritty, which all they did was like lower the lights a little bit. That was one of the stupidest concepts that they've ever done. I really hated that with all my freaking passion. <laughs> they but, lowered the lights, they changed a little bit of the graphics, and they had Sami Zayn say AEW. That's so awful. We, we are firmly in this era. Ever, ever since uh, right around the time that they started advertising that Lars Sullivan would return, or would, would move up to the main roster, I mean, um, it, we're in this stupid era where they were like, 
crap, we got a lot of things that we need to fix. So let's go out there and say, we're doing something. And then just go, oh, we figure that out. And it's like, imagine that that was the case. Imagine if all you had to do was say, I got it. And then everybody just went, okay, you don't have to actually do any of it. You just have to say that you're you're working on it. And that's all that matters. And WWE's been trying to coast on this idea for like, how long is this now? Two and a half years since then or something? Yeah. Like one and a half years. Rapidly, it's rapidly approaching a year and a half, two years. It's... It's been bad, but I think the most recent investor call was something unique where one of the shareholders who represented a big investment firm must have really been a fan because he was just like, yeah, okay, and why do you think AEW and NXT don't suffer as much as Raw and SmackDown's ratings, and why did you fire Paul Heyman? And the only thing that Vince could get out immediately was, that was a lot. And... It just seems like they're not prepared for actual questions about their content. That's how a company fails. Yeah. I mean, just to not to round up off or anything, but just to my overarching concern about underground in particular is because I get the shaky feeling because WWE was always trying to profess like they want to change and they're doing things and they try and respond to situations, but they always fall back into old habits. I know Rob was talking earlier about the fact that Underground would be successful if he gets that somebody over. What if the person that Underground is supposed to get over is Shane McMahon? That's one of the topics I wanted to talk about for sure. I am very, <laughs> very worried. We're going to come back to some of these other topics too, by the way. I like. I want to talk about some other people that could be uh, t- could do a great job in this kind of separate little promotion and some of the ideas that Maybe it's not a little risque as it should be or whatever like that, but we should definitely talk about this. I'm very worried that the entire point of this, even if it's not their plan right now, because I'm, I think we're all in agreement. They have no plan right now, right? No, I have nothing. It's, this is just, let's do it and see what happens and go from there. It's typical WWE. We'll figure it out later. And if we don't figure it out, we're just going to ask you to uh, to accept our forgiveness and not even uh, necessarily apologize. We'll just pretend like it didn't happen and you'll fucking get over it, like that kind of thing. But I'm worried that either their plan is right now or their eventual direction is going to switch over to, why don't we make Shane McMahon the focal point where somebody picks a fight with him and he has to go through the raw underground gauntlet and prove that he's this tough fighter and he does those little punches that he does and whatever. I can fully see that being where this goes. Are you saying you don't want to see the first ever WWE underground champion, Shane McMahon? Uh, he is the best in the world. I think right. um, their immediate thought was, let's saddle this on Shane because A, he's here. B, Triple H already has NXT as his little underground thing. And See, he's the cool McMahon. Like, you can't stick Stephanie in underground. You know, like, you, you can't do that. But Shane, you can believe that this, the guy who's kind of always been seen as the cool, rich, white dude, he'd probably start an underground fight club and, you know, have go-go dancers and stuff. I think that's their thought process. And, hey, you'll forgive us if we didn't keep him off of TV for a year because we need something new. And at least if you did put Shane McMahon in 
I don't, I don't even know if you can call it a ring because he doesn't have any ropes, but you put him into the underground arena and at least still make everyone else's punches look good. Well, see, I don't, I don't dislike the idea of Shane McMahon being a part of it because he does make sense in some ways. Like, like Rob yeah, said, he, he Triple H the... has NXT. Uh, Stephanie's the brand officer, so she's not going to be a part of this kind of stuff. She's out there doing what's that thing called? Not TikTok. The the other thing that they were trying to do a little bit is like five minute shows or something. How uh, Quibby? 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 Yeah, like the, she's doing that kind of shit. She's not going to do a raw underground thing. And Shane fancies himself a fighter in some ways. He's wrestled before. He's been a part of lots of other kind of things like that. So, like using Shane in that capacity makes sense to me. I'm just worried that they're going to go, well, goddamn, why don't we push Shane in this? Why don't we make a story out of Shane? And then it just becomes the Shane vehicle. Well, I'm just saying, like, a guy like Bobo Rotunda can definitely get a lot out of having Shane manage him. Um, I've already forgot his name legitimately. He's just Bobo Rotunda to me now. Abacato. Abacato. Yeah. He can, uh, like, a guy like that can definitely benefit from Shane. He's a nobody right now. For as much as people are sick as having Shane on their television, he very much is a well-known character. Um, he fits. He wanted to invest in MMA at some point, so it's not like he's completely out of the realm of where he should be. I just worry about him becoming a badass on that te- on their television when he shouldn't be. Yeah, that's I that's kind of the. Go ahead. So that's 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 the like the big concern is just that not that he's promoting the into- the thing or he's or he's presented as a promoter or he could be a manager for Cappuccino or whatever his name is, but um, <laughs> but um, it's just the case that it's always end up leading to a Shane McMahon match or a Shane McMahon applying one of his deadly triangle chokes or something along those lines, and I just don't think they can help themselves because as soon as a man is involved in a story, it becomes about a man. It doesn't come about who's involved in the actual mm-hmm. fighting or wrestling side of it. And I think if they give be... that a rest for a handful of years, they'll get a lot of mileage out of it when you know Stephanie and Shane's kids are old enough to then rerun that story in a different way. But right now, I wouldn't put a McMahon at the forefront of anything. I don't think a lot of people would, but I feel like they definitely will. I think that you got to figure it's not necessarily 100% an ego thing. Sometimes it's motivated by ratings and stuff like that, but there is ego and ratings and some other different factors that go into it. Like WWE frequently thinks back to the Stone Cold and Vince McMahon thing as like, well, people tuned in to watch that. So they keep thinking if you do a McMahon angle, people are going to tune in to watch it. So you had how long of Shane McMahon with the whole best in the world thing? It was like a solid was year it as almost. Long as it felt? I think maybe eight or nine months. Is it felt like months? it was going on for like a solid year. And that was like, they were dragging that out as long as they possibly could it could have it could have really not even started and even when it started it could have ended at wrestlemania and then they just kept it going and then they just fizzled out and everything like they love doing mcmahon angles if you put shane in this and it's an opportunity for him to be like this tough fighter and do that kind of thing he's gonna end up doing it whether it's a Shane pitch or a Vince pitch or a Bruce Pritchard pitch or whatever it is like 
somebody's going to bring up the idea, whether it's a week from now or five weeks from now or three months from now, that this should turn into a Shane McMahon angle. It's 100% going to happen. Is there anyone you would have rather had present it? It's a shame they fired a... Well, they haven't fired a Heyman from being in WWE, but he would have been a good uh, option for someone to present it. Like Heyman's a good choice if... I mean, I know that this probably just due to the fact that he mentioned it on a um a, a thing that WWE presented. With, they were doing like a watch-along of SummerSlam 92, but it should, CM Punk would have been a good choice. Maybe, oh, yeah, maybe. that would have been a good choice. Maybe, maybe he could have joined in and got a couple of wins uh, in MMA for the first time. <laughs> I mean, Samoa Joe would also be a good choice if you wanted to like keep him away from the well, keep him away from the actual competing side of things, but have him either be an announcer or to lead the organization instead. It just having it being run by McMahon means that eventually it's going to become about McMahon, and that means that even if it was successful for a short term, eventually it's just going to be looked upon as a disappointment. Maybe bring in an outsider, you know, like uh, you've mentioned. <laughs> you mentioned Chael Sonnen before. What about having him show up and be like, "Hey, well, I just shut up. He'd love like it. I just signed in uh, to a WWE contract, and you know what I'm doing? Well, I'm not fighting. I'm not doing commentary. I'm the promoter for this extra little thing on the side, or you know, like then maybe that would even get some mainstream coverage where people would be like, "Oh, wow, the WWE is stepping into this kind of game. They have an MMA guy a part of this. This is, I mean, you can't really use like Kane Velasquez as that type of guy, but they." have people that are in like the UFC MMA type of spectrum that they have partnerships with and some kind of capacities. Like they could have done something like that. I think there's a few MMA guys that like to get involved in pro wrestling. I don't think Charles Sonnen's going to bring no, many eyes to the product compared to when he was uh, actively fighting, but he'd be definitely be the perfect guy to be a presenter. The guy can talk for days. The problem that like, you guys like are... said anything other than a McMahon. The problem that you guys are, forgetting here is they didn't know about this two days before it's yeah, not right like, it's another thing too yeah like they're just like hey shane you're here come and do this thing so we can see if this sparks some interest i mean there's no rules right there's nothing stopping someone from just turning up and shanking shane and taking him off tv i thought that's what the hurt business were gonna do at the end of raw and then just take it over but it seems like uh shane is gonna be back Next week and the week like, after. That would have been great. He's just talking to the camera and they just hoist him up onto the platform while he's talking and just beat the fuck out of him. That would have been so much better. Oh, fuck I'm not mess. thinking the no rules, but there are rules, but we just don't have them figured out yet. So we're just going to do whatever type of thing. That's for sure. Hey, well, at least it's it's unlikely to have like a situation where, I don't know, a superstar gets attacked, a superstar's manager gets attacked and it's a disqualification for some reason. Yeah, what the hell was going on? It was a what was it? Oscar attacked Bailey, and that's a yeah, and that, and no that's, contest. And that DQ'd, yeah, that DQ'd Shayna Baszler that's against so... Sasha Banks for some reason. God, I hate when they do crap like that, where they're just like, uh, "That's the end of the match," and you're like, "Well, you couldn't have written anything else. This is pre-scripted." And then they're like, "Nope, no, we can't, we can't take an extra ten seconds to think of another way around this. We, you know, we don't want Shayna to beat." Sasha, and we don't want Sasha to beat Shayna. Okay, well then, why'd you book him in a match? Well, I didn't fucking book this. It's like, oh yes, you did. <laughs> You're the writers. You write it. If you don't, then you know who else does. So, uh, as far as writing it, let's go in that direction. This is fake, 
obviously it's the you know the the dreaded f word in pro wrestling but this isn't real mma it's not actually eric from the viking raiders fucking someone up and we've all seen the brawl for all in the past i assume almost everybody has the same opinion of the brawl for all should not be brought back but i will make the argument not only could they potentially have called this brawl for all they have raw in the name anyway and maybe try to capitalize on some of that and maybe try to make up for it a little bit if this ends up being better but if you script what's supposed to be kind of considered rougher and more realistic is that more ridiculous than just trying out an actual thing or is it just a matter of they can't possibly do it so let's just ignore the fact that they'll never do anything like that ever again and just be okay with the fact that it's scripted well i personally don't think that a return to something like brawl for all would be terrible it's been 22 years you know i know that when it happened it was a dumpster fire but since then combat sports have picked up astronomically and everybody understands what combat sports are so you can figure out a way to work it but it's they have that weird stigma that they'll never be able to get around it but i don't even think that's what they're going for here i just think they felt like oh well if we do short little fights that look like MMA fights, people will think they're cool. I'm, I mean, I kind of get a sense of... When you're trying to present Raw Underground as like this big whole fight club situation where this is where the shooters and the collegiate athletes and the, the big, tough MMA-style fighters go, it makes it feel like the other Raw show is fake. Mm-hmm. And I know in time I think it's fake because it's wrestling, but you don't watch wrestling and you just say, oh, that guy got clothesline, that's fake. That guy got taken off the top rope, that's fake as well. You don't you don't go there and just look at it and just think that everything you're seeing is fake in front of you. You go there for a bit of an escape and just to be entertained and to see a simulated sport experience. And so if you're trying to present something as like, oh, this is the gritty real, this is where the real men and women like fight and all that other side of things, then it just makes the other side of the stuff seem hokey. It's like like the people that will never appear on underground, like, I don't know. I, I can't say certain, but I, I think it's unlikely that someone like, I don't know, a Ricochet or a Cedric Alexander will appear or, yeah, or an Angel Garza will appear on underground at any point in time. And it makes them seem less impressive because they won't go and fight with the real fighters and then you get around to the point of like wago said earlier if you're going to watch like combat fighting then you should watch combat fighting because they're going to do it a lot lot better because they're actually hitting each other and they take and it's an actual sport when you present it in a sports determinant yes you can obviously predetermine it which has its advantages but it also means that it looks like shit because people aren't actually laying into each other and so, I mean, let's be honest, like there's, there's benefits to scripted and fake stuff. Like you can get value out of watching a fake 
football game in a movie, for instance. It's not a real football game. The contest is scripted, you know, that kind of thing. But it still can be fun. And there's value to that kind of stuff. And I can understand where people can look at this and say, well, if I do my suspension of disbelief for the regular in-ring stuff, and then I just think of this as it's a different aspect of that, and they're all supposed to be real, even though we know it's all scripted. You can get away with it, but I feel like you have to make more of a distinction of why that's a separate thing. And the only way to make that distinction is to play into the no rules thing more, which you have to establish rules that are broken in order to actually make it seem like it's no rules. Because I'm not the only one here, I think. Yeah, if you disagree with me, go ahead and and tell me. But that it doesn't feel like there's no rules, right? Like the referees, like okay, stop, stop doing this, stop doing that. Well, then why the fuck's there a referee? Shouldn't it just be whoever gets knocked out and can't fight for themselves at that point? Or I mean, even in Fight Club, they'd tell people to jump off of each other and shit. I think they're just. I guess when they're saying there's no rules, you the the fight what the actual fighting mechanics you use are fight like you allowed to do whatever you want so like i would like to see them do stuff like gouge somebody's eye yeah well, they've already and done that recently i'd like to, i'd like to see <laughs> yeah. um, like so i'd like to see ch- more choke holds and stuff like that there's a lot more yeah. they could do well, it's it's like what you told me earlier about how you, you're drawing comparisons to brawl for all when i'm seeing this i'm seeing Bloodsport, which is a like a wrestle well the thing that they're doing like an indie show across wrestlemania weekends that uh, GCW, I think, were doing, which was MMA-style pro wrestling. Bloodsport. It was Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport, yeah. And I just don't... I I saw them do it, and I think they kind of got the right balance right, and maybe WWE can try and follow that lead, but I just don't think they have the right people for it. As odd as it sounds, they do have people that obviously have a lot of size and have a lot of back like MMA, either well, MMA every, or amateur experience, but that's what I was thinking. Because like, not everybody that's an amateur wrestler is suited for this. There's a lot of amateur wrestlers that can't stand getting punched in the face and don't go into MMA for that reason. Uh, you've got guys like Dolph Ziggler that, while he has a collegiate background, does not fit the environment whatsoever. So you're right on the money yeah. with that. But it's just a case of they do have people in the company that were involved in the Blood Sports series, so people that would fit into it. Matt Riddle. Timothy Thatcher, uh, Carrying Cross, they're all involved in that uh, whole series of shows. You have people like Bobby Lashley that could legitimately fit into this because he's been there and done that. Obviously, Le- Lesnar would be a fit, but I don't think Lesnar would be caught dead in that environment. No, I'm totally honest with you. Not a chance that Les- I, like I know Rob, you said earlier you think this is going Lesnar and Lashley. Rock shows up in the, at this uh, underground at some point and just throws everybody around and stares off with Lashley. I don't. I don't think that there is even necessarily a push for the hurt business, even though they did that. It's oddly enough. <laughs> but continue where you were going, Callum. <laughs> I was just saying that you need to have. Like, I think it was, goes back to what we were saying, like very early on in this discussion, is that you need to make it look more realistic by having extra levels of violence, like whether it's like the gouge and eyes, choke holds, um, like really in in-depth submission holds and things like that where you're just like wrenching the arms and legs in different places and stuff like stuff of that ilk because if you're going to present it the way they presented it in the first week it just looks phony 
It doesn't look it doesn't like wrestling, which isn't gonna appeal to wrestling fans. It doesn't look like MMA, so it's not gonna appeal to MMA fans. It's this is... weird bastardization, which is gonna essentially MMA fans are gonna look at it and go, Oh, this is fake as shit, and WWE fans are gonna look at it, like, wow, this isn't actually wrestling, I don't care about it. Yeah. I wanna see shit like Pete Dunn does where he grabs somebody's fingers and yanks at them and just nasty, gritty, different present you can still do pro wrestling, but just present it differently. It's doesn't have to be this weird hybrid. And this is a weird example of somebody to, to pick from because obviously he can't do it. But like, remember how when Umaga would be fighting people, he'd be kind of like, not like smashing their face into things and like screaming and whatever, but he had like a different presentation to a lot of what he was doing. I don't know why Umaga came out of my mind, but like, uh, you know, Maybe if Umaga, <laughs> Umaga, uh, you know, if he was like doing that, and he had like no boots on, just the taped uh, ankles. If you saw more things like that throughout this, it could come off a little bit differently. But if it's just one of the Viking Raiders has on uh, boxing gloves and fights somebody, and Dolph Ziggler took his shirt off, then who the fuck cares? Because that it's not anything different. And yeah, you need to see an actual different presentation to the way that they're fighting for it to be like, okay, this is a different league compared to that kind of thing. The way that it would be with like tag team wrestling, like there's different rules with tag team wrestling. I know AEW doesn't think that's the case, but it's true. And like, if you see a tag team match, it's a different presentation than a singles match because you've got different dynamics to it. And if they do this whole raw underground thing and it ends up being that everybody just tackles punches and that's the end of it, nobody's going to want to care because we've already seen it before. And the next time that they cut to it, it's just going to be, okay, well, that guy in the t-shirt is going to fuck up that guy because it's that's just the way that it is. Like You need something to make it feel like it's an actual different league. And if it is a different league, it needs something to fight for. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to probably move on to next. Was like, what's the incentive mm-hmm. to be a raw underground? You know what would be nice instead of a stupid fucking belt that means nothing? They just say, "Hey, there's this much money up for tonight." Yeah, exactly. You, you need to have like give them some reason to be there. Otherwise, the only reason that oh, we put the Viking Raiders on this one because we had absolutely nothing for them on the actual show, and Dolph Ziggler's just lost his two opportunities or his opportunity at the World Championship. Let's just throw him in the raw underground thing. It's like. MVP just lost the United States Championship. Well, he can go beat up some losers in the underground thing instead. I mean, it could be for a belt. It could be for a trophy. It could be for the the money at the end of the night and all that stuff. Like, they could do, like, the money thing and then start doing some kind of a tournament or whatever. But they need something that makes it feel like they're fighting for something other than just for the sake of fighting. It's not Fight Club itself. It's not actually just a group of guys get together and they start doing that as like therapy and then next thing you know project mayhem's gonna start happening yeah because right now out of all of them the only guy that's got any reason to be there is shane because at least they could kind of go well he's technically not on raw he's on this underground thing that he set up they just happen to set up in the same facility as the other stuff and he's like yeah that's cool go ahead and And use our referee use our talent that kind of thing also I, i never have a problem of like name talent beating up jobbers they're just there, signed up. But you need to have some understanding of what... 
it's not like when in the old days don't want to go like too far back but when you did see arrest the face of jobber at least the commentators gave you some sense of what the jobber was about or who he was or like some of his credentials to make it feel like you the guy that was winning i was actually doing something it was just a bunch of random people around ringside that were can she get in the ring i've got the backstory for the jobbers so the the underground's just happening under the facility and every now and again, there's just some guy standing at the top of the stairs, and he'll just drag a fucking uh, one of the trainees from the performance center and drag him downstairs and force him. Well, see, that's another thing to get into when we talk about. Let's go a little deeper into the idea of who to use for this kind of thing. They showed Dabakato, case of dabbles, whatever it wants to be uh, called. They showed him. They showed Eric, not. Ivar, but Ivar was kind of just his like hype man standing next to him. Dolph Ziggler is too cute for this, Tony. Yeah, Eric, not so much. Um, the Hurt Business got involved at the end there and just kind of beat some people up and whatever. And that was it, right? There, there wasn't anybody else I'm thinking of. Ziggler as well, yeah. So they showed them and they were highlighted. But if you paid attention to the people that were in the crowd, there were people that were actual names and people on the roster. Dio Madden got fucked up, which I was like, why did they bother using him for that? Isaiah Swerve Scott was in the crowd and just was a random guy that they beat the shit out of, which is like, that guy's supposed to be a big deal on NXT and 205 Live. Why are you fucking him up? If you're going to have somebody like an Eric or Dabakato or whatever beat up jobbers, it doesn't matter because they're jobbers. Yet, if you have them beat up Anybody who's supposed to be like, you know, if Oni Lorcan goes in there and he just is guy who gets beaten up by somebody on Raw, then no wonder WWE can't make any new stars. Every single person that's not already on Raw or SmackDown is just a nobody. And then that's the entirety of NXT and the Performance Center and everything. And you got to balance that out a little bit. You can't make stars out of people if everybody who's not already a star is a loser. It's like, like I was saying, like you don't need to have – it doesn't always have to be like name versus name in this underground thing. As long as you give whoever the jobber is some kind of background, just give his like amateur fight record or something like that. Say he was in the NCAA or whatever or mm-hmm. just give some sort of semblance that this guy me- – it means something to kick this guy's ass. And if you and if you don't even want to give like that sort of value, you just have to okay, white guy in white shirt get beat up by Dubba D Dubba Dyer, whatever his name is. But um, just just do that, then you're not gonna get doesn't get the guy over because he just beat some white shirt in the audience. It's like okay, then they might as that? well use the same guys every week at that yeah. point. You might as well just like throw Isaiah Scott or throw Leo. Le- uh, Leon Ruff or whoever just into it because it do- it doesn't matter anyway because they at the, at this point in time at least to a raw audience rather than NXT they just don't have any name value anyway. Right no, now, I think the, uh, right now I think the key is don't worry about people like us. Tony <laughs> and I have to watch this. Callum and Wago like wrestling, so they're always going to be kind of involved they need to start worrying about people who haven't watched in a while because like no matter what they do fans with our level of knowledge are always going to be like 
well, it's stupid. They're fighting for a fake amount of money. We know it's fake. There's nothing they could do to make it seem rational. So as long as they provide an entertaining show for people who aren't us, they might have a chance at something here, which is why I think they thought they could sacrifice uh, Swerve Scott or uh, Dio Madden again, poor guy. But eventually, you know, they're going to have to give us something, even if it's just Dabakato being the the next big challenger for McIntyre. Well, if you want to get something on the merchandise shops, Jesus. go to Redbubble and Team Public and check out for Fanboys Anonymous, Markout Moment, and a Mango Tease. There's lots of merchandise options, lots of designs, and different products. So go ahead and browse those catalogs. I'm sure Dabakato shirt is coming. Yeah, how but... how good of a song is Blue? By... Blue is a good song. <laughs> well, Four out of ten. I hate the idea of taking like a Swerve Scott or a Dio Madden or anybody that they might end up doing in the future. If they just put like a Mustafa Ali out there and he just gets his ass whooped and whatever like that. Like I hate sacrificing people for the sake of that when you've got the go-to option of having somebody just wear a mask and you don't know who it was that got fucked up. I think that they need to play into that a little bit. But there are lots of people that I think could work on this. And I kind of wanted to toss some names out there. Not everybody, obviously, that were on the roster. And there's plenty of people that I'm sure that nobody would even bother suggesting. Like, nobody's going to say, well, this is where we should utilize Austin Theory instead of something else. Or that, uh, you know, this is the next thing for Randy Orton to take care of or Jinder Mahal or whatever. But... Kind of, uh, I'm going to toss out some names. I want to know if you guys kind of think yay or nay, sort of. AOP. I mean, they should be, based on the yeah. Based on their background. Have, yeah, they're both fought in Bellator. Uh, if they can say fit long enough to actually get into more underground than maybe. And whatever, which one's the one that's injured right now? Razor, I think. Who cares? I believe so. I don't even know if he's still injured or not, but, you know. Uh, maybe they wrote off Alistair Black to repackage him, and if so, maybe. Nah. Too much. Ja- His entire style's uh, fucking indie kicks. It wouldn't work there. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's it's good if you were to do some sort of more cinematic presentation, but it's a bit too like nobody would do his style of fighting in MMA. I don't think. It's a lot of it's styles a- that were down show up in MMA because if you used them in MMA, in MMA you'd get your fucking head kicked in and nobody that's why nobody fights like Alistair Black I mean he'd probably change up his style but he would need to adjust it he couldn't wrestle the way couldn't fight the way that he wrestles right now we talked about Lashley Lesnar Samoa Joe um I know Liv Morgan said she wants to be a part of this that can't possibly happen <laughs> That's a guaranteed no. Liv Morgan would not be a good fit for this. He'd be uh, great for Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, for, uh, the yeah. Other two, the other two that can't get a fucking word in on NXT. Uh, Duke and Shafir. Marina, yeah, Duke and Shafir. So I, I would yeah. allow that. They are people I'd buy into. Liv Morgan, Lana, you know, that group, no. Um if they bring people over from different things that aren't just on Raw, that opens up to a lot of other things. I mean, we we got Swerve Scott, so we know that at least the NXT people, but you know, maybe people from uh, SmackDown can move over. Maybe they do have a draft or something like that. 
it'd be kind of interesting to see what they would do with somebody like a Cesaro, I think. That'd be real good. Uh, Nakamura, Sheamus even, would do pretty good in an environment like this. I'll take a pass on all three of those. I'd be interested in Drew Gulak. Gulak would Gulak would work in like the actual amateur stuff side of things. I don't know if he could, if he how much how good his like stand up game or the actual like striking side of it is. But I, I, I'd be interested in seeing like a match between him and Daniel Bryan in that environment. I was about to say I'd take him him to Daniel Bryan, um, fucking Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher is like a must have for this oh, thing. If, yeah. If they if they wanted to debut Timothy Thatcher on the main roster, then this is the the environment to do it in. Oh, I would agree with that. Obviously, Matt Riddle, of course, we mentioned him before. Um, 100% in for The Miz, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think um, Shorty G could work in this environment. You know, they're they're doing something with him. They have him turn heel this past week and do this whole thing with uh, joining up King Corbin. They have to make him not be Shorty G anymore. And if he just goes He's back to being be Chad Gable, Chad Gable yeah. then maybe Chad Gable moves over and does that, yeah. Maybe they repackage Jackson Riker, Steve Cutler, Wesley Blake in some fashion if they don't want to do that tag team anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not if they're not fond of the Chad Gable name, they should just go with Chad. Because it's a meme now to call people a Chad. Chad. Well that Chode Gable instead. <laughs> uh, he's a bit <laughs> of a dick. Kind of, then you kind of a mix of the two. Uh Let's see, maybe I wouldn't see like a a Lars Sullivan or Mojo or any of those kind of guys. Um, No women on SmackDown that strike out to me as being. uh, Yeah, Cinderella. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Sonya's on uh, on there. Yeah, Sonya would work. Or Shayna Baszler, and I can't think of anyone else. Because they're not going to do this with Mandy. They're not going to do it with Lacey or Dana Brooke or Tamina or Carmella or any of those. Uh, a guy that I think could be really cool with this, Arturo Huas. Who? He is. He used to be Adrian George on NXT, who was only popping up a little bit here and there. But he's Ooh. wrestled a lot on Evolve, <laughs> and he's. I think he's like a like a jujitsu specialist or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it, it would be good. Capoeira? I think he'd be a really good fit for this. He's he's Brazilian, if I remember correctly. Uh, so it might be like. Somewhere along those lines, I don't know exactly what his specialty is, but he kind of had already a gimmick of wrestling without shoes on, having a lot of strikes, like that kind of thing. He could be a good fit for that, I think. Kyle um, O'Reilly and Bobby Fish would both be good on this side of things. That'd be interesting. O'Reilly especially Bobby Fish, I'm not too sure about. I'd have to think about it more. And Walter's not stateside, right? Because like, I, nah. yeah, Walter would be fun for this. You know who would be fun and wouldn't fit at all, but that's exactly why I would like to see them be a part of this? Rizango. Just for one episode. <laughs> Just have them come out and do whatever the hell they can think of to do. I would think that that would be hilarious. What do you guys think of Kevin Owens? He was called He's the prize, prize fighter. fighter. Yeah. It'd be kind of interesting if they went in that direction. He's got nothing else that he's doing right now, except for he's going to get his ass kicked by Randy Orton next week. I think I think he's one of those ones where you'd kind of have to present him as a bit more of that because I don't know, like I don't assume that he has anything in terms of an amateur background. Well, or... We don't 
Well, I'm just thinking in terms of the guys where you can think of the more violent, hardcore style. Maybe well, they incorporate weapons. He's the perfect guy for just a brawl. Well, yeah, well, I was thinking, well, carrying Cross is a, a perfect fit on both sides of that equation. You could probably, if you're looking at more of the hardcore side, you may be looking at someone like Killian Dane, mm-hmm. uh, Only Lorcan. Those Dane are two Jack, other ones. Um, Die Jack, probably, I wouldn't think. Uh, yeah, maybe not Die Jack so much because he seems like a bit more of just a. A straight up wrestler, maybe like a um, Tommaso Ciampa would be a good fit, or trying to look at some other ones which are more hardcore focused. I guess you can coax Kane back out of retirement for this. I could see Zia but... Lee being a part of it. She's got some uh, martial arts background. Mercedes Martinez. Oh, she could fuck some people up. I'm sure, pretty sure. Mia Yim, maybe. Uh, she might be kind of fun. You sent Rip- Ripley a bit like that as well. Yeah, Ripley, like. Yeah, there's a big disparity between somebody like a Rhea Ripley who could go in there and beat the shit out of people and somebody like a Casey Catanzaro, which is like you can't possibly put her in that scenario and, and have me believe it. You know, great well, athlete in, case, in her own way. Be, like if you can establish that, hey, yeah, you can use whatever's around you. Casey could probably think of some innovative offense and use weapons and stuff. There aren't even any ropes. What could you do? Here's an example of where Trip I don't think Dolph belongs. Like, if, this is an example where I don't think Dolph Ziggler belongs. If somebody said, hey, Rhea Ripley beat the shit out of Dolph Ziggler in a fight, I'd believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would actually, that would work in getting her over pretty quickly. Maybe, like, a Tyson T-Bone? I don't even know who that is. NXT yeah, UK. Really, yeah, if you're, really, if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, if you're going into... But you know what, though? NXT. Why not use him as one of the people that jobs out? Because you can't get him I over mean, here. You can't get him over here in this uh, pandemic. But if this continues, like he'd be a good jobber for this. I think maybe he's also kind of like a big dude for a UK wrestler. So it'll be an interest. It like it'd be a good sized body for someone to knock around. Yeah, like I could see them doing that. Um, I mean, we got we know we got the avocado. Seems like he's going to be a big part of this, and that's kind of interesting because while ago when Babatunde first popped up, it seemed like they were just going to bring him up into the main roster and just have him be big guy. And they didn't, and they didn't do anything with NXT in a long time. So now it's like, he's finally doing this and he's Dabakato and he's like this type of fighter. Okay. Like I'm kind of, I'm okay with it. Hey, what didn't happened mention- to, um, uh, I was thinking the, the NXT guy that was there for, a while. he got released, right? The one that was supposed to be like the, Biggest. The guy with the thing? <laughs> you the gotta give us more to go on that. Get the stuff. Dan Matha? Yeah. Uh, Dorian Mack, yeah, he got released. Ah, well, he'd have been good for this. Yeah, he was a part of that whole uh, football crowd, though, with like uh, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss and all that. You didn't even mention Oscar as part of this one. It'd be like for the women's side of things. Oh, uh, Oscar. I thought you said Oscar. <laughs> like, Oscar. Like Oscar. Oscar yeah. Oscar yeah. De La Hoya. <laughs> like it's kind of <laughs> legitimately sitting there going, why don't I remember who Oscar is? <laughs> yeah, I mean Asuka, if they have her do that, like if they do have a women's side of this, I could see Asuka being a part of that. I'd buy into her fucking somewhat up more than I would uh you know, some Joe Schmo kind of thing or something. Um her YouTube channel's kind of ruined any chance of me thinking she's tired like vicious. <laughs> She just comes off as adorable, so. Well, we're talking yeah. Asuka, not Kana. So. <laughs> uh, but you know what, though? Let's talk about the girls, because the girls 
are an extra side of things. So far, they haven't had any women fight on there. Yet they've had these stripper-esque kind of girls on the side. And I'm of two opinions about this in particular, too. I think you're in a different era. It works really well. You're in a different era. You make it work a lot better. Right now, I can't see this working out. Because, number one, if you want to see hot girls, they're not doing a good enough job with this. Like, they're not wearing anything skimpy. They weren't some knockout wearing, you know, bikini types of things or whatever like that. So you're just going to click on the internet. You're just going to, you know, you you have an easier time just going on Pornhub or something like that than and, uh, watching this. Number two... I think we're kind of past that stage where it's just we're, we're not entirely let me put it out that way we're not entirely past this idea of the hot girl in there because this is dedicated towards guys and guys love looking at hot girls of course they do but they do it for ufc it's just like in the background there's girls wearing you know sports bras and whatever like that and there's the ring girls that hold up the card and says round whatever like we're still kind of antiquated in that way where there's no purpose other than just I'm going to see some guys fuck each other up and also, woo, girls. Hey, you, you said you wanted Breeze Zango to do something. There should be a ring, boys. Why not? That'd be funny as hell. Like, And the third thing about it is if you're going to go ahead and do this kind of thing, you're opening up the way that everybody is nowadays. People to bitch and complain and say that this is demeaning and that this is something that they don't want to see because it's sexualizing the women on the side. And why don't they get a chance to fight? Cause they didn't get a chance to fight on this kind of thing and all that. I can't see that working out. I think it's We're just bad. past the era of needing the nitro girls. Um, I don't think it makes it a more gritty or underground feeling. It actually feels kind of misplaced and mm-hmm. weird. Um, this isn't uh, Tokyo Drift where it's like, let's have the hot girl in her short shorts be the one that says, all right, now you can go race, <laughs> you know, right? I think it's just fucking dumb. I hope they change yeah. that part out. <laughs> so pointless. It, like, maybe maybe because they put the porn music on, they thought they needed some girls to be dancing <laughs> so it felt less awkward. But, nah, just drop the music and get rid of the girls. It's uh, If you want girls to be on the show, have them actually fight. Even more awkward was the fact that they were fighting. Like they started bickering, and it was like, "Hey, hey, hey!" Like, there's no rules, but stop like oh. arguing and keep dancing. Like, yeah, but I think it was like, um, I don't know, maybe you guys can fight next week. You know, uh, Callum, I assume you're in agreement with them, so I'll let you go next. Well, just I don't think that it's really adding anything in this in the same way that with this weird hybrid of pro wrestling and MMA, this is um presenting the women in the sense of that you don't want to go full on with it because you're worried about how you're going to come across and your PG and you know, that people will take offense to it and, but you still want to do it. So you're really presenting some sort of mesh where these girls are dancing, but not going super sexualized with it. And so what's the point of even having them mm-hmm. there in the first place? It's like, like you either go all in or you don't and you live with the consequences one way or the other. I don't think they're really adding anything to the whole presentation of it. I think it's fine. I think anybody who wants to say, well, I'm offended by this. And I've said this, you know, privately in our group chats, 
They had 12 women on Raw in multiple segments, used in multiple different ways, proving that like they have an actual stacked women's wrestling division. So nobody can complain you're not using your women. What the hell is this? Oh, they still will, though. You can do oh, a hundred. You can do a hundred things uh, perfectly right, and the hundred and first thing wrong, and that's all that matters. I I get that, but like, I I'm also just they're not hired by the company. It's not like you know when hey you've hired twenty women and you know eighteen of them are just used for bra and panties matches. These are some random women that nobody knows. It's adding to what they think the aesthetic of this thing will be. And it's not like, I, I get well, it. We're thing, all, we're... I don't think it does add to the aesthetic. Well, I do agree with you that there's eth- ethically, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just more women getting a paycheck. Yeah. It's, like, uh, like my issue with it is not due to the fact that, well, my, my issue is one, it's going to draw that kind of backlash anyway, and you're adding nothing to the overall presentation. So why mm-hmm. even open yourself up to some sort of unnecessary attacks by people? But there's nothing ethically wrong with it. It's just a case of what's the point of doing it if you're not going to go all the way with it. And I'm not, I mean, all the way is like they should be just like ripping all their clothes off or anything like that in any situation. But it's not like just seeing like <laughs> girls in like hot pants or whatever dancing. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's a novelty, but it's nothing that's re- like nowadays is really going to get people going when there is Pornhub readily available to any opportunity. <laughs> My argument here. Alexa Bliss is back with Sean and people <laughs> lost their lives. Yeah, but she's a, na- she's a name. It's like any right. celebrity. Like As soon as it's a celebrity, then you're interested. If it's just some random girl that's just dancing around, then, okay, bit seen that, done that. Now, if they were to go and say, well, Alexa Bliss and Scarlett and Mandy Rose and, uh, you know, uh, Zelina Vega and, like, all these other, like, super attractive name people on the roster – if they were to put them out there and you know, like look how the, all the support that Liv Morgan's got in the sexy superstars tournament, Liv Morgan wants to be a part of this. If they were to, I'm not saying they're going to, I'm not saying that they even should, but if they were to say, Hey, Liv Morgan is hot. She's got a big following. She's wearing a revealing kind of outfit, even more so than the girls that were in this thing were, which is funny. Let's have her be like one of these uh, hot girls on the side, and we're gonna make this really dark and grungy and grungy and you know super for like the guys type of thing and whatever, and try to maybe market it that way for the like the sponsorships and stuff, and say like, hey, once you get to this era, like now we're gonna really target that TV fourteen plus type of crowd, and we're gonna make this real dark and whatever. Maybe that opens that up for more marketing. Maybe that opens them up for a younger crowd to want to watch because it's a different era here now compared to what it was when people our ages were kids, where it was like, oh, I'm going to watch the man show because that's like the best thing I can get for some TNA because I don't have the internet as reliable as that kind of thing. But there are still people that watch even stuff like the Kardashians or whatever, just because they think that the people are hot on the show. You could get away with that, and you could also do something where if you go full force on it, maybe you branch it out in a different way where if they do some extra show, like some WWE Network show, where it's... Because they have like um, like age-restricted things on the network, right? I don't remember for sure if, how that works, but don't they have it where like the too hot for TV thing or whatever like that, like that 
um oh god what's his name uh Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Springer. I was going to say Seinfeld. I'm like, I know it's a Seinfeld. <laughs> the Springer thing, like, I think that they have it to where you can potentially lock some of those things. I don't know for sure. Maybe they yeah, used to do that in the future. Yeah, you parental controls. I've never, like, experimented with them to see how yeah, far. No point in us doing that. But, like, if they wanted to, and they wanted to say, we're going to have WWE Underground, and once a week, we're going to have this TVMA fighting type of thing. Maybe even a real version of it if it catches on so much that they can break into their own MMA type of thing or something like that. Maybe the way that you handle moving on and doing a different thing with WWE at this point is to say, fuck it, like let's stop doing some PG things on some of our avenues and have those bra and panties, uh, mud wrestling, half naked or fully naked people fighting each other and blood going all over the place type of things. Maybe that's where this goes, you know? We won't know. I doubt it's ever going to go that far. It won't. I don't think think it'll ever hurt to go in that direction because they're leaving money on the table when they ignore certain demographics, and it's just as simple as that. I mean, put it this way. Do I agree that that's the way that the world should work or anything to that extent? Probably not. But if you start do it, taking that approach in the third hour, their ratings are going to immediately They're going to go up. They're going to go yeah. up. Because people, that's what people watch. That's mm-hmm. the, sort of tr- the sort of, like, that's the thing that people tune in for. That's what they tuned in for in the Attitude Era. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin and the fact that they could see people wearing handprints on their breasts. Right. That's, that's what the Attitude Era was. And the idea that we've somehow gotten, you know, well, well we've matured and we're less sexualized, how... How many OnlyFans have popped up during the pandemic? That's <laughs> true. I, I, I'm sorry. I get it, dude. I, I get it. But you know what? You can tout and sing the praises of AEW all day long. They're not doing things where you've got 12 women being utilized in great capacity throughout their show. WWE can afford a little bit of sex appeal, and it won't seem like the end of the world. And and also not saying don't just limit to the women as well. I'm pretty sure quite a lot of the female audience as well would like to see like Brizango coming out in short shorts and just like gyrating around the ring for a little while. Like appeal to audiences with that. Hey, we do the men's and the women's bracket. Fair is fair. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, you brought up the OnlyFans thing. Let's be honest. Why does TikTok exist? It's just people... But for the most part, it depends who you ask. Like Trump would probably give you a different answer. Well, you know, yeah, it's for the most part, it seems what goes around is you either have quick little meme type of like things like used to be on Vine or the predominant thing that's pushed more than anything else. Good looking or maybe sometimes not even good looking people that are lip syncing music and twerking and such. Where it's like that whole platform is built off of good looking girl on screen. Sex sells. It's just a guarantee. It's always sold. It always will. And yeah, it's a little lowbrow to to do that, but Smart Out Moment built itself on the sexiest superstars tournament. For the longest time, the number one post that was on the website was a notice that Lacey Von Eric had posted uh, some nude photos that were out there. But why are we pretending that wrestling is 
like whole culture or whatever or something it like totally that. isn't it, it appeals to the lowest common denominator and it always has absolutely and it always yeah. will for the most part because it's not it's not a gentleman's sport <laughs> it's not you know so it's not even something like i mean i'm not the biggest sports fan in any capacity but it's like if somebody says to me that they're a big baseball fan or they're a big football fan or whatever like that there's less to be ashamed of than there is when it comes to being a pro wrestling fan because pro wrestling does have that kind of like the connotation of just being like you do realize that it's fake right and like oh well why are you watching this soap opera and uh you know like different things like that it's it's lowest common denominator stuff for a lot of it for sure and if you're going to appeal to the lowest common denominator appeal to all facets of the lowest common denominator the the thing is that you know because like the rise of the mcu and stuff nerd culture for lack of a better term got popular across the board and then it you know, wrestling kind of falls into that. And then it became, well, this isn't just a bunch of neckbeards in their basement. You know, women watch this too, and they want to feel represented. And I get that. But I also know that I'm on wrestling Twitter a lot for the job. And there are some people who are just 24-7 talking about which dudes they would want to bang. And you can appeal to that on both sides. And I think it would increase ratings and yeah you're gonna piss off a certain section of people but haven't we hit the point where like the the lynch mob is gonna want you dead anyway like becky lynch mob yeah yeah (laughs) and you can afford to do this i think i'm not saying you know go full on don marie and tori wilson here but you can afford a little bit of sex appeal Especially if you market it it as the last hour is a different type of thing. If you don't want your kids to watch it, turn it off at 10. Yeah, be a parent. If you're going to bitch about that, that's you not wanting to be a parent. The reality of it is we talk about how the audience isn't just a bunch of neckbeards anymore. But there's still the core audience are a bunch of introverted people that don't go out very often and just consume wrestling constantly and nonstop. Uh, that's still a huge part of their base. Most of them are still men. And shit, you go where their money is. Yeah, it's, you know, if they try it and it fails, what's the harm? They're going to try plenty of other things that are going to fail. They've tried a thousand things that have failed. If they try to do this without it, it's going to fail. If they try to do it with it, it might. I mean, it's the Brawl for All failed. You know, the. The wild card rule didn't do everything. The what? What do they call the most recent version of that? It was like the talent exchange or something like that. No, that was yeah. the NXT something. and ECW or whatever the hell. I don't no, know. No, it was something like the the superstar exchange because you're thinking of the new superstar initiative on ECW. It wasn't that, um, but it was something that stupid, and it didn't go anywhere. It's just like they. There's lots of ways that this raw underground thing can work. But one of the ways that it's guaranteed to fail is if they do exactly what they've done with every other concept that has failed, which is have no plan, which we already know they have no plan, think that they can figure out a plan in the future and just kind of drag it on and go, well, we'll figure it out as it happens. Eventually switch this over to a Shane McMahon thing, establish no rules and no difference to the overall product 
it or cut it in the middle of nowhere, have it mean nothing because there's nothing on the line, have the potential of people complaining about the girls on the side that don't even market, uh, draw in that market that they're going to go for, and make no stars out of it. If that's all they're going to go with, there's no positives that comes along with it, you know? Yep. It's just a case of, like, like we were saying earlier, you have to, if you're going to do this, and I'm saying that even though I'm not very confident in the future, like the future prospects of this whole initiative, because I've watched enough WWE to know that this is going to fail and it's going to fail pretty quickly. It's just, if they want it to have any semblance of succeeding, they need to back it and say, if this is the third era and this is going to be the really gritty stuff and we're going to go really heavy duty fighting and a bit more sex appeal or a bit more just pure violence on top of just the actual overall wrestling program, then you need to go all the way with it. And if it's, if it fails, it fails, but you're not going to get anywhere or see any improvement by doing some sort of weird mix of what you're currently already doing and something which vaguely resembles MMA or fight club. How good is fight club, by the way? So good. (laughs) Well, I, I, I've heard great movie, good, but, like, but overrated. I've, I've heard, well, I've heard some people say good things, but they don't want to talk about it very often. I don't know why. <laughs> if you want us to talk more about it, fanboysanonymous.com is the way, place where you would find that because that is where I do movie stuff over on that channel. So check out that website, fanboysanonymous.com. Follow the Facebook and Twitter, just the same as you'd be following the Smart Out Moment stuff. And if you want more of anything, fanboys or Smart Out Moment in particular, then consider donating to the Patreon. Patreon for both of them is the same. A dollar is appreciated and goes a long way the more that more people do it. $5 is an ad block forgiveness thing. $10 is uh, that and onward up. Gives you access to Patreon exclusive episodes. And we also have the Pick Your Poison tier. So maybe you are a big fan of Fight Club. Fight Club's one of my favorite movies. I actually just did my... um, top 50 favorite movies thing. I've been trying to add movies to Letterboxd out of my list of like all the movie ratings that I've done and stuff. So Fight Club's on my top 50 favorite movies. And if you want us to talk about Fight Club, well, you know, you're kind of uh, shit out of luck when it comes to that. But if you want us really badly, then Patreon's Pick Your Poison tier, if you donate to that and you request it, we will do some kind of uh, like a review point or maybe even like a watch along fan tracks or something like that. But same thing for uh, Smart Cat Moment. If you want us to maybe watch the old bra for all and do something like that or talk more about it, because we, we touched upon it here, but we haven't really ever done like a full on wrestling with the past bra for all or something like that. Pick your poison tier on Patreon. Take advantage of it. Overall, my main question. Now that we've gotten a lot of this stuff out of the way. Is this going to work and save Monday Night Raw? Or is this going to die out very soon? And if so, when does it die? I give it three weeks. I think, it, I think it will be dead by three weeks in, but I, don't, I think they'll stretch it out for at least until like October. I got a feeling if they don't do something with SummerSlam with this. I'm kind of feeling that they probably won't, but they should. By all means, they should have like, we're going to advertise that this Raw Underground fight is going to happen at SummerSlam. 
something like that, or at the very least payback, but SummerSlam would make more sense. I don't think we get past September at the very least. Um, maybe cool we get payback was just all underground fights. Make it like an hour and a half special event. You know what? I'd be down with it because they're at a time frame right now where they can't have SummerSlam happen and then the next week payback and not have killed the SummerSlam card by making it all like, well, you know, this match didn't have a real ending, but you can check it out a payback because they had a, the, both of their shoulders were down and whatever, like that kind of thing. Or there was a double count out. So we're going to have the rubber match at payback. And that's why we only have one week. It's another go home show or they can't set up stuff ahead of time. They can't do that. If they just said, cause they haven't announced payback yet officially, but if they said something like we're bringing payback back, and that's going to be a full one hour special even of raw underground. That'd be cool. And then that would be the type of thing that maybe people would go, shit, they're actually interested in this. Like they're, they're really invested and they're going to do something with it. And maybe I should get on board as opposed to what the hell is this crap? Uh, it'll go away in a couple weeks. Cause I don't think any of us are really, and that I mean us as far as all of us on this panel and you guys listening. I don't think any of us is really looking at this as being like, this is going to turn it around. And this is the, the big savior moment kind of thing. No, it might be. In the punch bowl. Uh, yeah. So it's, don't get us wrong. We want it to be the thing that turns right. it around. We want it to, we want it to be like the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of pro wrestling. And it's going to just bring millions of people into watching. It's going to be entertaining every single week, but we know better. Or at least we have every reason to be skeptical because yeah. history. It's not like this company's a year old and it's like, well, maybe they're going to do something different, turn it around. It's been decades. We know how a lot of these things work. And I guess we're just going to have to figure out what happens when it happens. Obviously, we are going to be along for this ride just the same as everybody else's. So if one week it turns around and it makes it a lot better, I'm sure that we'll talk about that on the hot tags that week or make a special going over about it or whatever it might be a special dark cast or something. Maybe if this comes into the way that it could get further and further, bigger and bigger, maybe we start doing separate coverage and factoring that in somehow. Maybe there's other things popping up on the website as far as like a ranking system or a, a fighting league or I don't know what the hell we can end up doing in the future. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out else we uh, go along because we can't we can't influence since like WWE can. They should have it figured out. We have to figure it out as it happens. Um, but whatever happens, positive or negative, we'll be here. So we hope that you guys are too. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode. I've plugged a lot of things in the meantime. I will talk about what's coming up next on the show after everybody else gives their plugs. So who wants to uh, take the baton? Do the I'll take the baton. Section. Um yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dude Felice. You can check out Fightful and WrestleZone.com. Those are the two sites I work for and do news coverage. I will be on the Rest Friends podcast at sometime this month. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. I'll plug that more when I have more details. And I also do the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast with Callum Wiggins, but Callum Wiggins is gonna tell you more about that. Cal? 
So the Paul Heyman retrospective podcast where we go back to the year 2002 and 2003 to revisit all of the Smackdown episodes that Paul Heyman was the head writer on. We are currently heading towards the, well, the next episode will be in your feed as usual on Saturday for the, so Saturday the 8th of August. So big shows every single week. We're going back and just checking out what Rufus's aggression era had to offer at this point in time. And it's a damn sight more entertaining than Raw Underground and everything else that they're doing nowadays. But hopefully you join us for that journey. You can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14 and obviously check out all the great articles on smartcatmoment.com and over to Wago. Why did Jeanette kill the guy? <laughs> Just cut it off there. Jesus Christ. The up there. <laughs> um, I'll be returning to streaming. I'll have more news in the next week. Um, everything's almost set up, so more news to come out. See you guys next time. And for the next episode of our main event side of things, the current plan is to do something that had been suggested before. Uh, so set up for TakeOver 30, we will do, unless things change, a top rope list of the NXT superstars, one for the men's division, one for the women's division, and one for an overall top 10. And we're going to kind of present a new format a little bit that's kind of a combination of what the old top rope list is and what the Mount Rushmore and Call the Spot kind of is a little bit. It's sort of a hybrid, and we'll see how that goes. If something else completely different changes and we need to do a different main event, then we'll put that on the back burner and we'll do that another time. Maybe even if we do that as like a dark cast or something like that, I don't know. Somewhere down the line, we'll do that. Just the same as somewhere down the line, we'll do the AEW roster tier list and we'll do plenty more episodes of Wrestling is 2020 and we'll do other Mount Rushmore's and other fan outs tables and different things like that. But that's the current game plan for the next main event. The next actual podcast you're going to be listening to from us is going to be the Hot Tags, where we're going to talk about the Retribution Stable, the Just Us, or Justice, I don't know how they're pronouncing it, Trademark, the AEW Deadly Draw Tournament that just began, all the TV stuff that we didn't go over, other than the Raw Underground stuff, and whatever else happens throughout the week. And maybe the Marty Trinity stuff will have more information. Who knows? I don't know. But... If you just keep uh, paying attention to the YouTube channel here and you keep checking out smartoutmoment.com and you subscribe and you follow us all over the place on social media at smartoutmoment and you subscribe to all these different platforms and all that other kind of stuff, then we'll see you when we see you. But thanks for listening to this, everybody. And this has been another Smart Out Moment and we're being counted out.